The Colts have had a couple of days off, but now they're going to turn up the heat. The pads are about to start popping, and we cannot wait. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Colts fans, thanks so much for tuning in and making us your number one listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Jake Arthur, joined as always by my partner, Zach Hicks. The Colts wrapped up their first week of training camp practice over the weekend, so we're going to just go over what stood out to us in those three sessions. And we'll also tell you what we're looking forward most to this coming week with the pads coming on. So, Zach, first and foremost, we can't, we just can't start this off without talking about Matt Ryan on the offensive side of the ball. It's kind of what everyone was waiting to see. And, you know, so far, so good. Uh, the ball is getting out quick. He's accurate. He's shown leadership. Pretty much a total command of the offense so far. So, pretty much check, check, check. Yeah. It would actually be more shocking if. None of those, if one of those checks didn't happen, you know, like right. it's kind of everything we expect. I mean, you have a guy going into, I think it was 13th or 14th year in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think it's his 14th. Uh, he's been doing this for a long time. Former MVP. Uh, it's gone to a Super Bowl. Uh, just an outstanding player. I think he could be like fifth all time in passing yards this year with a good enough year. Like we're talking about a highly decorated veteran uh, who's been doing this for a long time. If he weren't doing all of those things coming into camp. It would be shocking. So, uh, it, but it but it is nice, you know. Again, last year Carson Wentz missed almost all of camp, so it was Sam Ellinger and, and Jacob Eason, and and it's really hard to get your offense gelling in the offseason without your quarterback one. Uh, so you bring in a guy like Matt Ryan, who's been there, done that, done this forever, and he just brings that, that air of maturity, that air of knowing what he's doing, and, and building that chemistry right away, which. I'm not saying the Colts didn't get that because Carson Wentz was playing last year. It's just because he wasn't there. You know, he wasn't uh, in training camp at all. So it, it's it's huge just to have that chemistry building uh, from the from the get go here, and, and it's great to see Matt Ryan starting to gel with all these guys already. Yeah, and it's noteworthy because the last time we saw smooth sailing and everything in training camp was like 2018 with Andrew Luck. Yeah, uh, 2019. You know, he had the calf and he wasn't out there. 2020. Uh, Philip Rivers, COVID had shortened the offseason and training camp was kind of behind closed doors for the most part. And of course, last year was last year. So it's notable because we're actually seeing this going well for the first time in a handful of years. Um, I wanted to also touch on Naheem Hines. Uh, I know you saw, you know, that there's wide receiver usage. You wrote a whole thing about it on horseshoehuddle.com. Uh, mm-hmm. If you guys didn't check that out yet, go ahead and, and do so, please. Uh, but no, it's it's looking like no, he's not the slot receiver, but right. yes, he's going to be heavily involved in the passing offense, including being lined up in the slot and out wide at times. Right, right. And it's something I mentioned in my article that I wrote, which again, you guys can check on Horseshoe Huddle or on my Twitter uh, at Zach Hicks too. Uh, the big thing that I've, I've, I kind of wrote in there is, yes, we're getting the coach quotes. We've always had the coach quotes though. The coach quotes, oh, we mm. want to get Naheem Hines out there more. We want to get him more involved in the offense. Oh, we want to get him in the passing game. But on top of that, we have other evidence, too. Uh, last year, you know, Naeem Hines typically averages around 60 to 70 snaps uh, at wide receiver each season. 
Last year, it jumped all the way up to 124. And that was with Jonathan Taylor getting so much run in the backfield. They wanted to get Hines out there in more pass-catching situations. And, and even though he had his lowest amount of catches on the season, he was still lined up at receiver, even if it was just jet fake jet sweeps or, or something like that, just to get you know the defense flowing one way to give Taylor the ball. That's something that we've always wanted to see. Just get him out there with Jonathan Taylor and good things will happen for your offense. So we're seeing that direction. And then when you're looking at camp, I mean, he's going out there, he's lining up with wide receivers. He's, he's running routes with wide receivers. You're seeing a lot of these practice clips and I'm sure you're seeing even more being there in person, Jake, you know, he's out there as wide receiver in, in five, you know, five receiver sets or in four receiver sets. And he's out there as yeah. one of the receivers. Uh, so we're seeing, it's not just, Oh, coaches are saying it. We're seeing a lot of evidence with camp, with what we saw last year, with, even if you want to look at what Matt Ryan did last year with Corderell Patterson was a lot of the same type of stuff. So we are seeing this kind of trend of, okay, Naeem Hines is going to get more run at wide receiver. And he's going to be out there with Jonathan Taylor a lot more. You know, it's not just coach speak now, which is something to get excited about because he's, I mean, when you're looking at this offense, he's a top three dynamic weapon for this offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you want to see him out there. You want to see the ball in his hands and, and you don't want him to get so many carries that he takes the ball away from Jonathan Taylor. So it's great to see him out there with the receivers because he's a very, very capable pass catcher. Yeah, absolutely. And guys like him are, in order to reach their potential, those types of guys are really dependent on the quarterback play. We've kind of seen a blueprint for what can happen. Uh, and again, this it's just the type of usage, not how the usage winds up. But uh, Debo Samuel, Cordero Patterson, those are hybrid guys that can do a little bit of everything. Naheem's of that same vein, but, you know, just it's maybe not at an all-pro level like yeah. those guys. If you want a more um, normal comp, like comp, maybe like a Darren Sproles type, you know, like a Darren yeah, Sproles sure. makes a lot of sense, you know, or or yeah. a Tariq Cohen when he was in his, you know, when he was kind of in his peak. Uh, James yeah. White, but a little more explosive than James White. You know, we've seen this type of player at work a lot. I mean, Alvin Kamara is obviously an extreme version as well, but like Alvin Kamara during his rookie season was kind of like this as well. You know, you can, you can have a lot of guys, J.D. McKissick, the last couple of seasons. There's there's a ton of guys who have kind of taken this role. We just have not seen Hines kind of fully get pushed into it. Uh, but now we are finally seeing that. And, and the exciting thing about Hines is again, this is a four three speed guy who can break tackles, who can who can run up the tackle, run, you know, run between the tackles if need be. Like he's a versatile player. So we just want to see him on the field more. Yeah. And one thing that stuck out to me when he talked to reporters last week was you know, he's he's used to having quarterbacks that don't know how to throw to his type of speed. Right. And he said right away, Matt Ryan was hitting him in stride, like despite him running full speed. So that's that's good. We we know that, you know, rest assured, this quarterback can use Naheem Hines. So that's definitely a big positive. Uh, another big thing is the wide receiver depth chart is starting to take shape. You know, that was one of the bigger mysteries going into camp. And it pretty much is what we thought it would be, though. But for a week now, it's pretty much been the same. You, of course, have Michael Pittman Jr., and then it's Paris Campbell and Alec Pierce. Um, you know, Pierce doing a lot of outside stuff, Paris going inside a lot. So it's those three guys, uh, Ashton Doolin obviously coming up with the fourth. Uh, Desmond Patman seems to have, you know, if I had to guess, you know, he's still got the upper hand on Kiki QT and, and DeMichael Harris. Um, but your top three are are very much a thing at the moment um so you know that you know to pull the dennis green quote that is what we thought it was going to be so 
That, that's that's definitely good to see. <laughs> Which is good. Yeah. It's good, though. It's good. It, it is what we thought it was. It's the guys that we want to see out there. Plus, Ashton Doolin is getting a lot of run mm-hmm. uh, in here as well, which we all kind of expected. And and it's good to see after the year he had last year. But, uh, yeah, I'm loving that wide receiver group. And do you have anything to say on the O-line before we jump into your your three stock-up players uh, from first uh, week of camp? Not yet. I, I don't put a ton into the O-line uh, early on before pads get on. But I will yeah. say it's been pretty noteworthy that Matt Pryor has stuck it at left tackle this whole time. Uh, we were curious whether or not Ryman, Bernard Ryman, was going to be rotated in or not, which he may still be. You know, last week on one of our shows, we talked about being a week by week thing like it was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, so good for Matt Pryor, Danny Pinter as well, the, the new right guard. So no complaints there. Uh, and you had just mentioned we were talking about some guys with the stock up. Uh, first, I'm going to say Alec Pierce, a little bit of a slow start. Um, he, he showed off his speed. Uh, he had a big drop the other day in the second practice. Uh, but Saturday night, he had a pretty big night, you know, showed off that speed, uh, won some of his matchups. I think he had a big one against Isaiah Rogers, uh, kind of a big back shoulder uh, play. So uh, that's always good to see. He seems to be getting some confidence. Uh, that's that's definitely good. Uh, Pierce, do you, do you think it might take a second for him to, to kind of get going? Yeah, yeah, I mean – if he's going into this year again, not as number one guy, not as number two guy, maybe not even the number three guy, if we're saying Hines and Campbell are both above him, I, I think that's going to help him a lot. You know, be more of a rotational guy, be a guy who's going to come in and and kind of learn on the fly, but not get thrown into the fire. I think that'll be beneficial for him. So, uh, the, you know, the, the learning curve happening in camp, uh, you kind of expect that, you know, he wasn't, we're not talking about a top five pick here. We're talking about a, a second rounder, you know, a mid second round guy. So it's going to take a second, but it's good to see him improving and, and you know, beating a corner like Isaiah Rogers, who's, who's very talented. Yep, speed versus speed. And I did just yeah. mention Matt Pryor again, before pads go on, there's not a whole lot more to say about offensive line, but I did mark him as a stock up. And then the tight end groups as a whole, yeah. uh, I think Matt Ryan has really liked what he's seen in Mo Alley Cox. I think he targets him a lot. Um, Kylan Granson is still, you know, sticking around w- with the group there with the, the ones with Mo. But then the two young guys, the rookies, Jelani Woods and Drew Ogletree, I've seen them heavily involved with the first and second units. Uh, you know, o- Ogletree, I didn't really know what to expect initially just because a fourth tight end doesn't get a ton of run. But they really want to see what they have with all four guys and still stock up for that group because they all seem to be answering the call as well. Yeah, you know, I had someone mention on Twitter the other day to me that were like, oh, there's no way they keep four tight ends. I'm like, man, I... <laughs> I doubt it. I, I think that I think they're going to keep four tight ends this year. We've seen it yeah. multiple times. We saw it in 2018. They kept four tight ends for almost the whole year. Uh, 2019, mm. they went into the season with four t- tight ends. Uh, I think 2020 as well, when they claimed that that guy from from Philadelphia. Uh, mm. I don't think they had much of it last year for tight ends, but they you know they they kept a lot of guys and they they rotate a lot at tight ends. So I don't think it's a stretch to say they're going to keep four tight ends. I think it's actually pretty likely. Yeah, absolutely. I just do not see them risking losing Drew Ogletree, who we would have to imagine would be that that fourth man, the odd man out. So those guys have their stock up. You know who else's stock is sky high is Built Bars, folks. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Let me introduce you to your new favorite, Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, 
I mentioned the other day, those have been saving my life lately. I'm, I'm very much on the go and I need something quick, but that's also satisfying because I'm, I'm big on needing to be full, but they've, they've been doing the job. So I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, it's all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It'll be a perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. Why not? Which is what you've been doing at your house. Yeah, I <laughs> did say the last Bill? one for my wife. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, that, that's, that's a marriage right there. You know, it's Sherry. <laughs> What's great about Built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar. And they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, the fats, the sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo LOCKED15. All right, Jake, now that we're done talking about the delicious chocolatey goodness that is Built Bar, let's jump into the defense here. Some more some more goodness here. Let's jump into this mm. defense and... And I think the first thing you probably want to talk about, because you've been you've been talking about it a lot this past week, is the young linebackers. Uh, and it's not the two that we've been hyping up the whole time. You know, it's not Sterling Weatherford and Jojo Doman. It's it's Forrest Ryan. You know, but t- talk to me about these young linebackers, though, the guys that have been standing out. Yeah, exactly. It was Weatherford and Doman going in, but I was pleasantly surprised by Forrest Ryan. Uh, I, I saw him being involved plenty, you know, second and third units. He hasn't been getting burnt or like, he hasn't been getting lost in the shuffle. You know, he's actually been standing out. Uh, he's He's got himself in the right places, it seems. He's had one or two pass breakups. Uh, so that was definitely good to see. Um, I think it's stock up because just no, not even us really we're talking about. I know you were a fan of him before the draft. But yeah. I, he's kind of headlighting this trio of, of young linebackers that we liked. Uh, Jojo Doman has done some good things. Uh, he had a pass breakup as well f- over uh, over Nick Foles. Kind of an intermediate shot. It would have been a chunk play if it was completed. Uh, Weatherford, big, athletic, rangy. He's looking the part out there. Yeah, that's good. That's good to see these young linebackers. Because, again, going to camp, I was really high on Doman and Weatherford. But also uh, Forrest Ryan was a guy that I enjoyed talking to this past offseason. Uh, and you can never have too much depth there at linebacker. You know, the Colts have – have you know one to two available spots in their linebacker core so it there the opportunity is there for those young guys and it seems like uh they're they're all trying to take that those last couple spots which is always great to see yeah and mike might be the the spot with the least depth for it Mm -hmm. but you know forrest ryan i think you said he's kind of a true mike so right that that's that's up for the grabs too that's a good opportunity for him um the cornerback depth that Kind of like the receiver, that's taking a little bit of shape as well. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, of course, that was not going to be any mystery. Brandon Faison has been pretty exclusively with that first unit as the other outside corner in the nickel packages. Uh, Kenny, of course. Uh, Isaiah Rogers and Marvell Tell have been kind of the, those next two guys in. Uh, Tony Brown, we're going to see a little bit of him as well. I know he's been in and out of the lineup. Uh, he can provide some, some depth inside to kind of I guess the next wave's Kenny Moore, if if that's possible. Um, but that's that's another area we we really weren't sure. You and I definitely both gave the edge to Isaiah Rogers moving into it. 
Yeah, and I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if it was just on the Saturday practice or maybe it was in other practices as well, but I think Joel Erickson wrote in an article the other day that, that Isaiah Rogers getting some slot snaps. Uh, have you seen that in what you've seen out there? Yeah, in the first couple practices, I wasn't able to be there for Saturday, but yeah, mm-hmm. Rogers has been going inside and out um, throughout the time. He probably got more of it on Saturday. I I don't think it's been like a very frequent occurrence, um, but I, I've mentioned they're they're shuffling guys in and out all over the place. So yeah, he's he's definitely been inside and out so far. Yeah, that's interesting because I know. Isaiah Rogers' rookie season, they tried to get him in, you know, for a couple slot snaps. They tried to work him at slot in the offseason, and it was just a lot for a young corner to pick up. You know, that slot cornerback, mm-hmm. I will always say slot corner is much, much harder to play in the NFL than outside corner. There's just, you know, you're always two-way goes. You have to be big in the run game. It, it, it's just a lot to throw on your plate. So I'm wondering if now after a whole year where he was basically only an outside corner, if they're saying, hey, let's see what we got, see if he can be – kind of our versatile defensive back that can play outside, can play inside, can kind of play all over the place. So uh, that's something to watch, I think, for the rest of the camp. You know, is he going to be the primary backup at slot? Is he going to be also a primary backup on the outside? And he's going to be a guy who can just kind of bounce around and do it all. Yeah, that would definitely be to his benefit if if he could be that next guy up, because especially if Faison is going to kind of hold on to that that starting outside role. Rodgers has got to find other ways to get on the field defensively. So that would, that'd be big for him. And then I want to just do a quick bullet point on, on Stefan Gilmore. Uh, he was kind of, you know, a lot of people didn't know what to expect either just because of these, the last year and a half he's had the injuries so far. So good, man. His, his coverage has been really sticky. He doesn't really look like he's lost a step. He's been able to keep up. So, I mean, I, I know the, the pass breakup against Alec Pierce the other day, okay, it's a rookie, but Alec Pierce can burn guys. Like Isaiah yeah. Rogers is arguably the fastest guy on the team. And he he got a step or two on Rogers. So Gilmore is still, uh, he's still got something left in those legs. Yeah, you know, again, for anyone who grew up being a big fan of cornerback play and, and DB play, yeah, Stephon Gilmore was, is the teach tape. Always has been the mm-hmm. teach tape, you know, for years and years. So it doesn't shock me that a guy like him is still playing at a high level. And, and we saw it last year, too, on film. So uh, all all good that that's showing. It's kind of like the Matt Ryan thing. I'd be more shocked if he wasn't showing that in camp. Exactly. That's, that's what they signed him for. Uh, at safety, backing things up, Julian Blackman and Nick Cross. Blackman didn't start on Pup. He was out there the first practice. He's looked great. His athleticism is still there. He can jump off of that Achilles. So far, so good. Nick Cross had that interception on the first day of practice, like Matt Ryan's second pass. Uh, he has looked he he's looked like he belongs. He's got more confidence. Uh, that's definitely good. I, I know you and I had big check marks on those two. <laughs> we had a lot of podcasts on Nick Cross before the yeah. before training camp started. It was you yeah. know we called ourselves the Curtis Brooks Show. Maybe we were also the Nick Cross Show. I don't know. We were basically any show. We were everybody's show because we wanted to get everybody right. You know, if we got someone wrong, just ignore it. But (laughs) (laughs) Nick Cross, though, I mean, yeah, like I said, I think uh, last week's podcast, it's going to be even sooner than maybe I expected him taking this strong Mm -hmm. safety job. I think it, I think it's his job to lose. uh, And and that's what it should be. I mean, he he is a high upside, like just quality player uh, who can be great in this scheme. So I'm glad to see him getting some run, but uh, Jake, before we end this segment here, who are your official three stock up guys for the defense after week after one week? Yep. So I mentioned Forrest Ryan. I think we both can acknowledge there's room there for 
you know, if there's any undrafted position that's going to make this team linebacker, there's a couple spots available. And Ryan is really making a case for it, especially at Mike. Like I mentioned, uh, Brandon Faison. Again, we we both thought Isaiah Rogers was going to be more than capable of taking it. And not that he isn't, but they clearly signed Faison to to compete to be that main starter outside opposite of now Stefan Gilmore. Um, and if they hadn't had Gilmore at the time, who knows what his role would be. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's been a, uh, a pleasant, another pleasant surprise. And then Nick cross, um, you know, he kind of got thrust into that early role at strong safety. He's doing the thing, man. Uh, he's, he's aggressive attacking the ball. You, you would really mention keeping things in front of him was going to be a big key for him, you know, playing in the box, doing that. We're seeing those roles clearly defined uh, in practice. So big, 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 uh, big thumbs up for all those three so far. I, I definitely am more intrigued to see them moving forward with pads going on next week. Sweet, sweet. All right. We ready to yep. talk about some padded practices though. I mean, this is the most important thing because mm-hmm. I bet you guys were wondering why are they not mentioning any linemen in those first two right. segments at all? <laughs> There's a reason for it, right? Jake, how, how, you know, as someone who, what, how many camps is this now that you've been to? Um, I think I've been covering camps since 2013 or 14. So, so I'm coming camps, up a hundred camps. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is no i I get asked about i I get asked about offensive and defensive linemen this early into it and not that i'm not paying attention to them it's just night and day the play that you see once the pads come on plus you don't really see them in one-on-one drills before pads come on now you do Uh, and that's only part of the equation chris ballard has already said they're looking for more so the chemistry who works well as the group so basically Mm -hmm. you know Right next to Quentin Nelson, who does Quentin play best with at left tackle? And then as for right guard, sandwiched in between Ryan Kelly and Braden Smith. So we're really going to start to see some of the offensive line things picking up. I'll I'll be able to tell you more substantial things that make sense because right now it's just whatever. Yeah, and you know this week is going to be so huge for obviously for the offensive line, but the thing I'm watching is that defensive line. You know, I put it up on Twitter. Uh, earlier tonight, or if, I guess if you guys are listening to this on, on Tuesday, then Monday night is when I put it up. Uh, but Yannick Nagakwe last year played nearly 900 snaps on defense, mm-hmm. you know, it, which is almost, it's like a, over a hundred uh, more than he had played uh, the previous year. And it's more than a hundred more than his like average over the last three seasons. Uh, we're seeing, you don't want to have guys like this playing that many snaps. You know, you don't want to see these guys getting up to the 850s and 900s and snaps on the defensive line. You know, you don't want to see DeForest Buckner either getting around 700, 800. You don't want to keep those snaps down, keep these guys fresh. And something that Gus Bradley has always said is he wants to attack in waves. You know, you want to have multiple waves of pass rushers. So I'm curious to see who these next waves are going to be. We know the Quiddy Pays. We know DeForest Buckner. We know Yannick Nagakwe. But what about Ben Banigou? What about Ifiedi Odenigbo? What about Dio Odenigbo? Taekwon Lewis, uh, Curtis Brooks, you know, Eric Johnson. What about mm-hmm. all these guys behind, you know, who is going to become that second wave and who's going to be like that third wave who barely makes the roster? You know, I want to see that second wave. I want to see who those guys are because what we've seen in Gus Bradley's defense, I mean, going back to his Chargers days, uh, Uchenna Nwosu had 250 rushing snaps a year off the edge as the third mm-hmm. rusher. You know, can Ben Banigou take that? Can Taekwon Lewis take that? Uh, this part of camp is going to be so huge with pads on to see which one of those guys becomes the key, you know, second wave edge rusher. And then all, again, on the interior too, who's going to rush next to DeForest Buckner. Uh, all these are going to be some huge snaps coming up. And 
and it's going to be big to see it with pads on. That's always the biggest thing I get excited for with pads on. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And the defensive tackle rotation has kind of been open season They're, They have, right. they've been letting pretty much everyone get in there. Uh, RJ McIntosh and Byron Cowart were kind of the next guys in uh, Chris Williams got banged up on Wednesday. I'm not, I know he was out uh, Thursday. I don't know if he came back Saturday or not, um, but I know he, he got banged up early. So McIntosh and Cowart, two of the really only veterans they have, uh, we're out there. I'm interested to see Savion Patton because they released him and then like three days yeah. later brought him back. So um, he's someone I kind of want to keep an eye on because, you know, they, they clearly liked something about him enough to to bring him back. Uh, so that though the waves in the rotation, like you mentioned, that's going to be so critical. It's it's another big moment for, for Ben Banigou to, to yeah. prove himself. Absolutely. Uh, so then something else we're looking forward to, Bernard Ryman, is he going to start right. getting some run with the first team or not? Uh, at the very least, we'll be able to kind of see him in more isolated situations in the one-on-ones. Uh, now, since he's been going pretty strong with the the second team at left tackle, you're probably going to see him more at, you know against Taekwon, Dio Dangbo, Ben Banigou. So those will be really intriguing matchups. I think Ben Banigou kind of got his goat a couple times on Saturday, if I read that correctly. Um so, yeah, no, I feel bad if you're if you're a young offensive tackle having to go against <laughs> training camp Ben Banigou, like, Ooh, yeah. oh, man, you you have no chance. So, I mean, I, if he can just win half of those snaps against training camp Ben Banigou, you know, he might be good. But <laughs> mm-hmm. it's tough to beat training camp Ben Banigou. Yeah. And if you guys are going out to these practices this week, uh, keep in mind, again, Chris Ballard mentioned Guys are going to have wins and losses in the one-on-ones. It's yeah. it's not a natural environment. So if you if you think someone's getting killed out there, it may not be going great, sure, but that's not the most heavily influenced thing that they're looking at. Yeah, the uh, biggest then, thing that I think yeah. about with with the one-on-ones though is the receivers and corners. <laughs> yeah, I, as, I, as someone, yeah. Yeah, when I was a kid, I played corner a lot, and like. It's the worst thing ever to be one-on-one as a corner because they can go any way they want. They can run for 30 minutes out there. They can run circles. They can push you to the ground. They can do whatever. And and it's like, oh, you got cooked on the play. It's like, man, they, the guy was out there for five seconds running his route. He did seven double moves on the outside. Of course he was going to beat me up the seam, you know. So you got to take it with a grain of salt. And and at the end of the day, football is not played one-on-one. You know, pass rushing, uh, throwing the ball, you know, uh, you know, catching the ball down the field, but none of that is played one-on-one. So it's, it's, it's great to see as like a measuring stick, but it really means nothing for the game of football. You're absolutely right. Cause we, we've seen some guys look absolutely lost out there and then they're just fine when, when the game actually kicks on. Right. Uh, so the, the speaking of cornerbacks, the last thing I was, I was wanting to look at there. Does the rotation change at all? Does I read Isaiah Rogers start to get more run with the ones. And that one really is curious to me. Cause it's like, we've seen him play a significant role last year. So right, right. how does that look? Does Marvell tell keep climbing up the list at all? That that's another one I'm intrigued by because it's kind of a one step forward, two steps back thing for him last summer. So I kind of want to see if anything's changed. Uh, if, if he gets back up there, uh, sleeper pick is Dallas flowers. He's right. just kind of caught my eye lately. He's involved as a, as a return man. And I've noticed him a time or two out there defensively doing a couple nice things. So I want to look out for that. Yeah, no, last thing I'll say uh, before we close out the show is with Marvell Tell, 
you going back to his draft day, the, the comparison, the perfect thing was always Marvell Tell could be the perfect, you know, Seattle cover three corner. Uh, he just has that length. He has the size. He has the physicality. Uh, so it always made sense for him to be in a scheme like this. So maybe, you know, a year removed from being cut and, and from holding out, you know, two years removed from holding out or not holding out, but, you know, staying away because of COVID and stuff like that. You know, you're kind of two years removed from all that. Um, you know, maybe this can be the year for him. Maybe it's starting to click for him. Maybe he really did. Uh, do a lot of growing and, and improving on the practice squad for most of last season. So, you know, it, it's a big year for him, but the the fit the fit was always there. You know, it was always a perfect fit in the scheme for him. So uh, I'm excited to see what Marvell Tell can do this offseason. I've always loved his potential. Most definitely. Well, folks, that is our hot takes on what we've seen so far, I guess. <laughs> um, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Uh, the Colts will be back with you tomorrow as well. They've got their practices uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then skip ahead to Sunday. Again, that's part of them trying to simulate uh, an actual like game week. Their schedule's a bit different now. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to have everything top to bottom for you. I was I was gone from Saturday's practice, but I'll, I'll get back. I'm, I'm at the practices again. No, uh, no unforeseen absences for me anymore. Um, so, yep, they're going to have pads on, hopefully hopefully Tuesday. Uh, so we'll bring you all the good stuff from uh, those sessions each day. Yeah, make sure you guys are following Jake on Twitter, at JakeArthurNFL. This is the time of year you want to follow Jake. Uh, get those tweet notifications on. Also follow Andrew Moore NFL as well, a guy who mm-hmm. works with us over at Horseshoe Huddle, does some great stuff. Uh, Jake and Andrew will be providing a lot of content over at Horseshoe Huddle. Uh, Jake will have his notebook, and I think Andrew does a couple of sites and observations and stuff from training camp as well. Um, follow us here on YouTube. I know we are getting those subscriber buttons up. I think there's a challenge on Twitter, too, that I have to change my header if we get to 1,000 subs by the end of August. Uh, so you guys can probably oh, check uh, yeah. check Max Houghton's uh, <laughs> Uh, his Twitter for that. It, it seems like a fun little challenge there, but I'm all for it. Get us to a thousand subs by the end of August and, and I'm 100% game for it. Uh, and then wherever you guys listen to our podcast, you know, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever, rate, review, subscribe, give us some some love and, and you know, write your love in the comments. Even if you like the show, let us know. Uh, but we appreciate all you guys. We appreciate all you guys who stick it to the end of shows and hear us talk like this at the end and, and kind of pub ourselves. Uh, but no, we love you guys and we appreciate all the all the comments and love so far. Yeah, and keep up some of those really weird, oddly intense comments on YouTube because we really like to we really like to read those. <laughs> it's always it's very excitable on YouTube. You guys are very very either excited or you get like a Titans fan who says this is your warning right now. Like I have we had one of those guys who said it was like just so you guys know you're nothing cool. compared to the Titans. So you know whatever kind of comments you want to leave, you can leave stuff like that. That's fine. You know, whatever. I love that. Yeah. And I mean, we'll take the high road, but if you guys want to go to war with that guy in the comments, go ahead. (laughs) But yeah, thank you guys for listening today and making us your first listen. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL podcast. That's our national NFL experts and insiders keeping fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league. We'll see you tomorrow.